Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Repeat this belly breath a couple of more times, becoming more relaxed with each breath that you breathe. You'll be hearing this meditation from my stepdad, Vic, uh, and another extra feature I'm going to release tonight. But yes, my stepdad's become a big calming in this storm we're in right now through his meditation. I highly recommend it to you on YouTube. But right now, on my very line is Mr. Robert M. Levinson, who I met at the National Publicity Summit. And Robert, I, I, you know, I went through all the materials I've had ready to go, and you came up, and here we are. So thanks for joining me. Well, what a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate the time. So this is um, this is quite a time, and I want to talk about the leper messiah, which you write about. But really, it's the story of King David and the David versus Goliath mentality, which I think we're dealing with right now, aren't we? Well, most certainly. Uh, you know, and we can call COVID-19 uh, the, the leprosy of our age, um, and, and which I talk about in, in my book, The Leper Messiah. Uh, we can find that uh, being quarantined is nothing new. And in fact, uh, in the ancient world, uh, and in the Bible, in Leviticus, they talk about uh, folks being quarantined because of leprosy. And here we are in 2020 having the same thing happen to us. So we really are in biblical times. And in biblical times, simply because of the gravity of the situation and the severity of, of the virus. Well, right. And so what is your... We'll get to the book for the book in a minute, but what is your advice and what is your spiritual advice to tackling all of this? Well, I think spiritually, and I don't know if I'm the proper one to ask, but I think um, treat everyone, um, treat your neighbor like you would treat yourself, which means make sure that people are healthy. Uh, I have an elderly um, neighbor who's 80 and so is his wife, so I go over and I uh, I talk to them, uh, of course, keeping a, a social distance. So uh, I think just treating everyone as a uh, human being and, and someone you, you could look after and care for if, if need be, I think that's the most important thing. Bring it down to a human level and make sure that if you can do anything to uh, um, ease anybody's pain or suffering or in any way, do it. Help out. Work with people. Well, that's the thing. I feel like that message is kind of encouraged, but also we're being told to stay away from everybody. So we're, it's like we got to find a medium here, right? That's true. And that's why when I knocked on my neighbor's door, I made sure that I, um, I stayed a, a hockey stick away from him. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm fine. I don't, I don't have uh, the virus, but I wanted to make sure that I did keep a distance. But even when you're keeping a distance, I think that you can still reach out to people. Um, if you know an elderly person who is next door or maybe two doors down, give them a call. And conversation is important as well. Uh, smile at people. I go out for a dog walk and I walk for about 7K and I make sure to stop and ask people how they're doing. Um, I don't say, how's your mental health? But I do say, are things going okay? Uh, do you need any help? Are you feeling good? And just converse with people, once again, keeping social distance. But I think just asking a, an individual question, like, how are you today? Uh, and really meaning it, um, you know, that's important as well. Hey, Robert, I, I know that you wrote this book, and I feel like it's such a powerful moment to talk about it. Because, as I mentioned, we're in David and Goliath, and 
You just you mentioned to me that leprosy was the first big thing that everybody stayed indoors to fight against, right? That's correct. You know, if you read um, in the Bible in, in Leviticus, they talk about being quarantined and um, staying away from people. If lepers would come through uh, a small town, let's say the small town of Bethlehem, they would stay far away from the city, the, the village dwellers, uh, and they would yell, unclean, unclean, meaning that they were lepers and they were trying to tell these people that uh, the best thing to do is stay away. So we indeed are in those back in those times right now. Well, isn't it something also that the Passover is coming at this time and that Easter? Because Passover also had people in their homes while the plagues were ripping through Egypt. It's just so strange how all of, well, not strange. Maybe there is a connection here that many people aren't picking up on. And I'm sure you seem in tune to this. So would you accept the idea that there's a connection to what's going on to the time we're in with Easter and Passover right here? Well, yeah, I think it speaks to humanity. Um, we uh, are all in the same boat, if you will, right now, whether it's, you know, 3,000 years ago uh, or 1,000 years before Jesus was born in David's time, and we have to stay indoors, huddle in the darkness, if you will, uh, to keep uh, the angel of death from our door. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing now. So there's a real correlation, and it all comes down to the individual, the humanity, and, and humans. And I think that we uh, are in, as you said, a, a David and Goliath battle. And I think that we are doing the same things that we did uh, in ancient times, and that's keeping to ourselves keeping to our family, uh, and staying inside, away from, if you will, COVID-19, which is maybe, uh, I hate to say it, the new angel of death in the 21st century. Without a doubt. And by the way, there's been speculation when the CDC was fudging numbers. The the bottom line is COVID-19 is causing all this death because what people don't know is when they get it, it escalates any other disease that they currently have. And I think that's important to mention in case people need that reminder. Um, so it's just important to be mindful and to be this. Now, for those who don't stay outside, who do stay outside and still violate social distancing, um, how can the story of David and Goliath actually inspire people to stay inside? Well, I think that's a very good question. And I, and I can take you back to the Dead Sea Scrolls because they are one of the few and first uh, documents that even talk about the laws and rules and regulation as to how a society should live together, how men and women and children should live together. And they had very severe consequences if you did not do those things. Um, And and today I think we're talking about uh, the National Guard coming out. uh, And if people are out, police can come up and and actually uh, give them a summons or ticket them. So I think that uh, the severity... Uh, and the draconian laws that were put in place in the Bible uh, were now seen being enforced by local law enforcement and the National Guard. So there's a lot of things that uh, really took place in the, the ancient world, and now it's happening now. So I think that's why my book, The Leper Messiah, is, is very timely. But you would still say that it's, I mean, I think it's okay to still be skeptical of the police state and the heavy heavy thing. But as you say, this isn't something new. This has been done in biblical times as well. Oh, exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, if you did, um, the, the laws are very severe. I mean, it talks about stoning people to death and so on. So um, 
and I think that, uh, of course, that doesn't happen in the Western world. But these laws are put into place because we have something very novel. It's called it, it's called novel for a very good reason. It's the first thing, it's the first time we've seen this virus. So I think that um, the state's not trying to be draconian. It's simply trying to uh, flatten the curve, uh, which is the, the new phrase that we're learning. Right, and that's been in the works for a while now, talking about that. Now, uh, is it Dr. Levinson or Mr. Levinson? Uh, Robert? Oh, it's Mr. No, just okay. call me Robert. Well, Robert... Anything but late for supper. Ah, I love that. Now, Robert, you're in Canada, so how are you doing up there? How's the environment? What's it like up up in Ontario? Well, yeah, um, actually, it's very much... I mean, I just moved from Toronto out to uh, Prince Edward County, so I'm looking at grass and trees and, and you know, my... My neighbors are very far away from me, um, but I know through my daughter who lives in Toronto, it's a ghost town. People are afraid. And to give you another insight, there were a couple of people in Toronto who said they felt like lepers because they were coughing and, and sneezing and everyone was looking at them. Mm. So we are even using biblical terms without even knowing it. Uh, in the midst of COVID-19. So I found that just uh, uh, very interesting and sad, but interesting uh, at the same time. Now, at my Christian radio station that I produce for, I've learned that leprosy still exists. And so I can't imagine the pain they're going through who might have it. And I think there's some in America who have it too, believe it or not. Uh, And imagine that added to the weight of trying to not catch COVID. It's got to be very dramatic. Yeah, I mean, leprosy is now, I think the modern term is Hansen's disease, and of course it's treatable. Uh, But you still have leper colonies in Egypt and other places in Africa, Um, so it really is still a going concern. And now that we have COVID-19 worldwide, uh, it, it just kind of makes everything clear. It seems to be evident that we're all human and we all sometimes are laid down by one virus by by one pandemic um so it really kind of brings into high relief uh just how frail and and, um human we are we know it's amazing david used his force against goliath and we're gonna get to jesus too because obviously it's easter and i want your take on that and your biblical research but It's just so weird that we're tackling something by not running after. Usually, like David, we would run after fires. We would run into situations. Now we're kind of just staying away from it. It's very eerie and unnatural. Well, it is. I mean, you know, the finest generation went to war to fight against the Nazis. And and we're here asked to stay in our homes and, and watch Netflix. But the real key, I think, here is that we're being asked by uh, scientists and by uh, medicine, uh, medical practitioners to do the only thing that we can do and realizing that it being quarantined is going to help not just your family, but the elderly, uh, the people who are shut-ins. So these things that we're doing, we may think it's small, but it's actually helping society. So we have to remember that and, and do what's asked of us. Now, you would still say we can't completely stay in. Like you, Would you say that it's still wise to go out even just for a walk if you're not with people? I mean, I still think we need to get some fresh air here. I think we do. I mean, I, I when I'm outside, I, I do 
practice uh, social distancing. I'm up at 9 a.m. and no one seems to be in this large park, um, but I'm not the one to, to give any uh, comment on right. that. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned is World War Two, an actual World War Two veteran and someone who survived the Nazi camps just overcame coronavirus at 99. I mean, those are some stories. That, that's the other thing. David and Goliath is a story of hope, yet here we're not hearing any stories of hope on our news channels, and that's got to change. Well, it does, and I think it, um, when we're since we're talking about David, let's not forget that David was a, a unifier, um, and, and he took the 12 tribes, unified them, gave them a neutral place uh, called Jerusalem, and I think that if we want to have hope, I mean, hope is all about doing what we have to do, which is stay inside to flatten the curve. And what we're doing, what we're being asked to do, just makes sense. And um, I think that uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we all have to realize that we have uh, policies and procedures to follow right now. Well, right. And, and let me ask you this. So in your research would of the biblical texts, and I'm sure of Jesus, uh, how fitting is it that Easter and his coming uh, out of the tomb is happening this weekend during this time? Well, I think it's very powerful because I think it's not just about what's happened to Jesus. It's, what hap- it's what's happening now to the world. I think the world, if you will, is going under into, the, into this darkness, into a tomb, if you will, and it will reemerge that much stronger. So what happened to Jesus may be happening to the entire world right now on a global scale. The global community will come out of this. It has to go through this baptism of of COVID, if you will, and then it's going to reemerge, hopefully that much stronger. So I think we can take a lot from what Jesus did uh, in terms of his death and resurrection and really place it into the global community now. Mm. Well, and I think uh, his message has kind of been shunned by sort of the secular society, if you will. But now it seems like everybody's, in one way or another, saying, you know what, God's telling us something right now. Well, you know, that could be, uh, I, I, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of religious people are praying. Uh, a lot of secular people don't know what to do. But I think that's where hope comes in, because I think it's up to humanity. If you think about it, this is a very human time. Um, yes, we can pray. Yes, we can be unsure. But there are certain things that each individual can do. And I think that um, that's important. We can make change on an individual level. So sometimes when you think, well, things are out of my hand, I can't do anything. But now we have an exact moment when you can do something. It may be simple. It may be staying in and watching Netflix, but you're actually helping on an individual level. And I think that's what Jesus and David really were talking about, doing something on an individual level, making a difference. Robert, I've got to ask you this. So obviously there's also been talk that we weren't prepared enough, that no one saw this coming. Yet I would say David did prepare himself for that battle, didn't he? I mean, he was, every day he was working toward fighting Goliath and what we know about that, that battle. That's true. And getting back to David and Goliath, you can see that in everyday life. You know, the the small uh, family against the large insurance company, the small store up against Walmart. It does take a lot of planning, a lot of strategy, 
uh, a lot of tactical awareness. And I think for everybody, whether or not you're, you're an icon of the Western world or you're an individual, planning, writing out your, your daily plans or your weekly plans or a five-year plan, it all makes sense because all you really have control over is yourself as an individual. We don't have control over the world. So uh, you're right. David planned and he executed on those plans. And we as individuals in the 21st century can take a lesson from him and plan more. Take some time. Write down. Now is a perfect time. We have all this time in our hands. Make some two-year plans. Make some four-year plans. Make some five-year plans. And then put a to-do list and an action list together and make a change on an individual level. Well, you know, I also know that you, you cover the importance of women in your book. And I think, if anything, it's the women of the household now that are helping the work-at-home husbands and fathers and, and, you know, dads that are just don't know what to do. I think they're bringing calm to the household. But you've been saying that's been going on for years, even before Christ was born. I believe so. And in my book, The Lepra Messiah, women play a very powerful role. Um, they they defend David. They are visionaries and, see, and they can see how far David can go. But more importantly, I think, yeah, there's there is a very strong female energy that runs through my book. And I believe that um, it's important because many times there's many articles written that if there were more female leaders in the world, we might have a, a maybe a, a kinder, gentler world where things get done, mm. but things get done on a much more um, even keel. So I, I believe in the power of women, and I think that's shown throughout my book. Uh, and if you look at, in fact, around the world, a lot of the leaders that are females uh, are doing very well in Germany, in yep. New Zealand. The female leaders seem to really have an understanding of how to uh, at least deal, flatten the curve. Uh, and so that's an important lesson that we can we can uh, take. And I know your first lady in Canada was afflicted with this and she recovered. But how much hysteria, how much fear was there when she got it that Justin could have gotten it as well? Well, you know, and, and that's a very good question. I think that the largest thing that was spread was fear. And I think that's a, a real... Um, issue that we all have to deal with is how do you find out about this dreadful virus and then how do you react to it? Well, it's not by going out and buying up the store's uh, order for, for toilet paper. Um, it's more for trying to get an understanding of how to deal with this by listening to medical professionals and scientists. But I think that uh, all in all, I think that uh, Canada and Ontario has a very good health system. And I think because of that, uh, things are at least easing. And I think the curve uh, is flattening. Uh, and I, I hope that by the end of summer, we'll see the end of the first wave. You know, I'm just reading about you. I mean, there is so much stuff about you, aside from the fact that you've written this amazing book. First of all, you ran with the bulls in Pamplona. You've been bitten by a scorpion. I mean, all these experiences, if you want to lay them out, that'd be kind of interesting, but they probably helped you write this book, no? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I do like to teach young minds, and I think that the first thing I would say to them is go out and live a life, and it's all grist for the mill. 
and that's important. I think the the best writers can have a great experience in their lives, be adventurous, uh, and I think somewhere along the line, I perhaps caught the spirit of adventure that David had, and and so I used that to my advantage. Uh, the running in the bulls was was just a, a wonderful experience. Being bitten by a scorpion, it wasn't a great experience, but it's a it's a great tall tale to talk about right now. And it, and I, well, so, tell tell us about it because I. I've got some room for you, so if you want to lay that out for us, that's kind of an interesting story. Oh, sure. No, I, I was actually in the, uh, driving in the Negev Desert. We stopped off at a youth hostel, and, uh, of course, you, you know, you have sleeping bags and knapsacks, and so we would unroll our sleeping bags and go to dinner, um, and, and then uh, this was in the desert, in the Negev Desert. So when we came back after dinner, of course, we went to... Uh, sleep and went into our sleeping bags and I know in the middle of the night I felt this twinge in my leg and uh, the next morning I looked down and I could see some venom uh, crawling up my leg so an Israeli army jeep drove me all the way back from Elat all the way back to Tel Aviv uh, then I was uh, well I was, I was in uh, the ICU unit for a couple of days and I was on my back for about a month uh, um, and uh, I can still today, I can still see the scar underneath my knee uh, of that scorpion sting. So that that's a reminder. Be careful when you're in the desert and you're at a youth hostel. Now, here's the coolest. Here's one of the other cool things. I mean, you were in Mount Gilboa, which is uh, and this is where you got your idea to write the book. Why on Mount Gilboa? Well, that is where uh, you probably have heard of their free is how are the mighty fallen um and and it's sunday school but that's where david lamented to that mountain about saul's uh, death and saul was the first king of israel so once i started to do some research i was just staring at that mountain and looking at the valley and uh, i wanted to start to understand who david was and who saul was and have a better understanding of the biblical world so that that uh, mountain really uh, uh, gave me food for thought, and I started to do some research and understood just how powerful um, the geographic location I was mm. in actually is. Well, just about as powerful as you know Bethlehem in Israel. I mean, all these different sites, holy sites in Israel, and of course now yes. people are going to or were touring where the tomb was, where Jesus rose out of. I mean, there's so many different places in Israel that I still have yet to go to that I'd be very intrigued to go. Now, I've got to ask you, this book, when you first written it, I mean, it seems like now it's such a fitting book for the time, um, but what was your main motivation to write it? And did you think it would be so relevant in what we're going through right now? Well, I mean, it's a very good question. Did I think it uh, would ever be a uh, situation where we were in biblical times when we had a plague happening, that being COVID-19. No, I didn't. Uh, did I understand how powerful David was? Yes, I, I did. And I really wanted to um, sit on top of a giant's shoulders. And, you know, I'm, I'm just an average writer. Uh, I think the subject matter that I, that I chose is the important thing. And through David, through learning about who David is and was and how important he is to Western civilization, it changed me. And I think by sitting on David's shoulders, I could see farther. Mm. And I think that's the important thing. Choose the right subject. And, and I, I think I did. 
the, the tagline is, and by the way, Leper Messiah, did he have leprosy and was healed of it? Or what was your title uh, background on that? Modern day uh, reason for that. The Leper Messiah, it, number one, David Bowie has his song Ziggy Start, Stardust, and he mentions uh, that he came on like a leper messiah. And then, of course, there's Metallica's uh, song called Leper Messiah. And but if you look, if you dig it a, a bit further, you actually have the leper messiah being talked about in the Babylonian Talmud. Wow. Well, I think people will be inspired by this to continue their research. And I feel like you would be that uh, voice to encourage them. Hey, if you want to look deeper, it's okay to. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe this time is inspiring people to look deeper into biblical times. Well, I agree. And I, I think that it all comes down to humanity. And we are we, we haven't changed that much since David's time. We're still under under quarantine against a plague. And I, I think that uh, it's a time to... Uh, look at unification as being very important. Treating individuals on a human level is very important. I, I think we can take a lot from, from my book, The Leper Messiah, and really uh, it's relevant today in the 21st century. Well, and by the way, the tagline is, he was outcast to his family, traitor to his king, divine to his people. I've got to bring him back on and tell us more about it because these days are not ending and they are continual need of inspiration and i thank you robert levitson for coming on to inspire today well thank you and thank you for your time absolutely i'm alexander garrett and we will talk to you soon on the saturday uh, on this saturday thanks so much robert that was fantastic